episode, co-hosted by my colleague, Jolyn Jackson, you will hear a conversation Jolyn had with three special education teachers from Western Pennsylvania who are all in. The first teacher, Melissa Schmidt, with Pittsburgh Public School District, will highlight her journey over the years. Monica Walter, with Freeport Area School District, will highlight how an unexpected reassignment ignited her passion for teaching. And finally, Kirsty Stitch with Grove City Area School District will share how she learned to love behavioral science and teaching her students to thrive. In all three interviews, you will hear a common theme that learning how to implement effective instructional practices changed their lives and the lives of their students. Let's take a look. Hi, Melissa. I am so excited to be here with you today and for you to have the opportunity to share your story with both current and future special educators. Let's start with what inspired you, Melissa. What attracted you to working with students with disabilities? Can you tell us what led you to arrive here at Pittsburgh Public School District with Brookline Elementary over 25 years ago? Sure, um, and it wasn't, I wasn't sure exactly how I, it would turn out, but I honestly was born with a, what I think is a natural desire to teach. Um, I was lucky. And from as far as back as I can remember, I can remember lining up stuffed animals, um, teaching them from the encyclopedia in the basement of our house. Um, and then from there, I kind of was the neighborhood babysitter um, all through my teenage years. So when I was thinking about going to college, it was to be a teacher and kindergarten just is what I wanted. I wanted those kids from the beginning. I wanted them to feel welcome. You have a whole career in school and just to, you have to love it. You know, I want it to be somewhere they wanted to go every day. So I went off to IUP and, and started my training. Um, when I graduated with um, early childhood education, the field was saturated. So there were not jobs uh, anywhere. You couldn't even get consistent sub jobs. So I was um, waitressing in the evening, which I hated. So when someone suggested that, you know, try the city, try Pittsburgh Public, you have consistent sub jobs every day. So I didn't know a lot about the city, but I said, okay. And sure enough, I had immediate work and was working every day. And within two weeks of being in a sub job, the early intervention department called me and had offered me a job as a preschool teacher, as the um, special ed teacher in the preschool. So I went off and did that. Um, and I remember in particular, there was one little boy who loved cows. Um, and he would just stay at the barn and never leave that area. So what I did was I thought, well, it just to natural to me was let's get, went out and bought a cow cookie cutter, put it in the Play-Doh. Next thing you know, he's cutting cows with me. Um, set a bunch of cows in the block area. We're building towers, we're making cities. And then um, from there, I just thought, well, you know, okay, this is working, this is good. Um, and I decided to start my master's program at night in special ed. So um, then I learned that it was, uh, you know, um, a, a child with autism and under the uh, pervasive developmental disorder umbrella. And I just, um, I don't know, I, I knew that I had the patience. I, there was something there um, and it was so gratifying too. So 
As soon as I had the degree, um, they offered me a school age position. Um, at that time, it was K to five. Uh, and then once we had, I was the third uh, classroom in the district. So once we had a bigger population, we were able to go to K to two. So I think along the way, um, what really called me to that just working with the student with a disability was that there was just something I know it's like a natural skill but there was something um, I, I could reach them I, and I think that that's it I, you know I, when I'm out in the field I see a lot of people that um, they like back off or a little nervous and and that never happened with me so I felt like somehow I was called to do this. Wow thank you so much for sharing that story with us. Melissa, I tell you all the time that your passion for these students in your role is truly evident from the moment anybody enters your classroom. As your story tells us, you've been passionate about this since you were a small child. We discussed before that your passion plus your confidence in implementation is what makes the difference. You were using strategies before you even knew they were evidence-based strategies. You were putting in place right. the principles regarding motivation, positive reinforcement, fading in demands. So it's really interesting that you were already in practice of putting in place evidence-based practices, effective teaching strategies. Can you share what supports and trainings have prepared you to provide these practices to better serve your students today? Yeah, um, I guess well, like one of the lucky things about being in an urban district um, and a, a big one, you get offered a lot of trainings. So even from the beginning of my career, um, I was trained in the teach method. I had a consultation with um, a consultant who really paved the way as far as, you know, she would come in and be like in the shadows in the classroom. And if I was on the ground, she was on the ground. Um, so through the years, as, as more trainings were offered, from each training, I could just I really refine my skills. It's almost like, so, you know, each thing you learn, they kind of buff out what, okay, but you know, you need to get a little bit better at this. Um, so as I was trained with um, like curriculum-based assessment, um, intensive skills training with Patton, all these things came along. And, you know, there were times you're, you're on overload as a teacher and it's just like, oh, you know, another training. But I would stop and think that, the, you know, there's a reason, this is for the kids, I'm, I'm gonna, I, I will get better. Um, the people I work with will help me to be better. And so really, does that answer like that's yeah, really what- Yeah, I think that's what, incredible, you're right. Yeah, I've, all these trainings just kind of piggyback together and when there was an opportunity, I made sure I took it. Absolutely, and you have been so fortunate that you've had these opportunities for training along the years that you've been providing these services for these students and that your district was able to provide these and you were able to go to trainings offered by Patton and within each one of those able to learn more. But we know not everything is easy, right? We've discussed through the years of consultation the various challenges that you faced along the way too, from staffing difficulties, maybe additional resources that you needed for your classroom that you weren't able to obtain right away, problem behavior, and mm -hmm. the list goes on. So can you share how you've overcome the challenges that you have faced and how you commit to being all in? Sure. Um, you know, it's kind of funny because what comes to my mind is how many times you end up in tears. Um, and I'm not, I really believe that's any profession. You know, there's no easy profession out there. Um, we all have stress, we all, there's challenges and everything. And I think the biggest part for me, honestly, is to be receptive and to have humility. You're going to be brought back to, you know, bare basics all the time, but the, 
the teamwork. They, you always have to be receptive to people because we all have strengths and not one of us is going to magically change a child um, or guide them or shape them. I think what I appreciate the most is from my paras who are my right arms to the speech therapists, OTs, PTs, um, outside agencies, you guys who come in, you're all with me. If I'm under a table, somebody's under the table with me. Um, and that is, it's crucial. I need to be receptive to all the strengths of everybody because when we meld all those together, that's what makes the magic. That's how we reach the kids. I think you've highlighted so nicely how you can overcome these challenges by having a team approach and not being an island and working yeah. together and being open to feedback. And I know from my experience with you providing consultation in your classroom and the other consultants, we always walk away saying she's always open to feedback and always willing to try something new if that's what's going to best provide the services that these students need. So can you tell us a little bit more about how the Autism Initiative through the role of Patton has helped you to um, stay all in and help to provide you some support in your classroom. Yeah. Um, I, for years, you were kind of creating your own data. There, you had so much data on different kids with different curriculums with everything. And honestly, I think one of the big things about the Autism Initiative that was kind of like really neat to me was it's so streamlined, your data collection. It all matched up, like the, um, the intensive skills training, everything you're collecting, you're working on a program, um, the direct instruction, those had specific um, data, which, which is good because you use that data to drive your teaching. Um, and it was just so neat that, oh, I didn't have to invent it. I didn't have to make all this. Um, there were actually a lot of things that were easier for me now um, that I spent a lot of time doing without. Um, so what I love, your, the consultants, they do. They come in, they blend in with us. And a lot of times, like, I will come and they don't know, they might have a different agenda, but you come into the room and, hey, great, you're here. I need another set of eyes. Um, and that's it, I'm in the thick of it. I'm, I'm doing what I do every day. And I really appreciate having an extra set of eyes to help um, you know, navigate a situation. Hey, here's three more strategies, let's try this. And if they don't work, fine, great, we move on, but we try together. So you're using like everybody's best brain, best practices, best educational information and melding all that together. Um, that's how it works. Well, I'm so glad to hear that consultation has not um, only been helpful in the classroom, but also helpful outside of the classroom because you're not putting in all of this extra time to create materials and create resources that um, you didn't have access to before. So thank you so much for sharing that part. Um, can you sh um, tell us, and just maybe a few extra words, any final thoughts that you want to share with special educators that are in the field or considering the field to help better prepare them to not only enter the field, but to stay all in? Mm. Um, I would definitely listen to your heart. If that's your passion, you're, you're never, that's your inner compass. Um, all jobs are hard. There's no question about that. We're all gonna work hard. We're all gonna put in extra hours. Um, if that's where you need to be, um, follow it because we have a, a pretty powerful position. We're shaping and guiding children and that's our future. So to me, I don't take that lightly when you send your little guy off to school and you're putting your whole trust in me. Um, that is why I, I don't want to take that on myself. We, we do have to work together. Stay in. Um, kindness goes a long way. Um, and I would just say if you can keep be very receptive to learning new things because nothing stays the same. Um, but definitely follow your passion and work with the kids.
Okay. Thank you again, Melissa, for your time today and sharing your story. Your team and your students are so lucky to have you and to be all in. Thanks again to Melissa Schmidt at Brookline Elementary for sharing her role and experience with us. We are now here at Freeport Area School District. I am thrilled to be joined by Monica Walters, special education teacher at Buffalo Elementary School, and JoLynn Jackson, educational consultant with the Pennsylvania Training and Technical Assistance Network. Let's turn it, turn it over to JoLynn, who's been supporting Monica in her first year as an autism support teacher. Thanks, Ashley. Hi, Monica. I'm so excited to be with you today in your classroom and for you to have the opportunity to share your story with current educators and future educators. Let's first start with what inspired you, Monica? What attracted you to work with students with disabilities? Can you share your story on how you arrived here at Buffalo Elementary School in special education? Yes. So whenever I was a little girl in elementary school, I worked with the life skills classroom and I got to help them out with learning their letters and numbers and shapes. And it was only a little bit of time in the morning. Um, but then that continued through middle school and that continued into high school. And when I was in high school, I decided that I wanted to go to Slippery Rock to be a teacher. So I went to Slippery Rock to, for early childhood special education. And when I graduated, I moved down to Virginia to be a special education teacher. Um, down there, I worked with two and four year olds who were developmentally delayed. And I absolutely loved the job, but I was away from family up here in Pittsburgh. So I decided to move back. And whenever I moved back, I got a job here at Freeport, but I was in kindergarten and I absolutely loved it. My first year in kindergarten was absolutely amazing. I loved my students. I loved what I was teaching. I loved my coworkers. It was amazing. Um, but in May, I found out that the enrollment numbers were really low for kindergarten. And that's when I got told that I was gonna be moved to autistic support. And at first, this, was, this came to a shock. I was very shocked. I was very surprised. Um, I didn't know what the school year was gonna look like. I didn't know what a classroom would look like. I had no experience and I was a little bit overwhelmed. And that's how I ended up here. Wow, you have had quite the journey. I can't thank you enough for your honesty, your authenticity as you share your story. As you mentioned, this was not the path that you had set out for. You landed in that dream job in kindergarten and after a year, you were changed out to six support. But now I see you motivating students each and every day and changing the lives of learners and families. Can you share what supports and training have prepared you to provide evidence-based practices to better serve your students and be all in? Yes, so whenever I found out that I was mo getting moved from kindergarten, summer immediately started. And that's when our special ed director, Don Dell, reached out to me and he was like, listen, I have an awesome conference that you can go to to get some exposure and to get some ideas of what you're going to do in your classroom and what your day as an autistic support teacher is going to look like. And that was the National Autism Conference. And it was amazing. The very first speaker I heard was Andrew Bola, and his motivation inspired me to have an awesome start to my school year, to have a positive attitude, to have a positive outlook on this whole experience and the opportunity for me to be in an autistic support classroom. So that was the National Autism Conference. And then the first day of school came and it was very overwhelming. And I felt like I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. And I was looking for support. And that's when you and Natalie came in and you guys started supporting me, which was amazing. And then after our first consultation, you got me set up to go to boot camp. 
And that's where I learned my effective teaching strategies to use in my classroom. And that's whenever I started implementing the strategies that I learned at boot camp inside the room and understanding why I was doing the things that I was doing. So then after boot camp, you guys have just been popping back in and it has been amazing working with you and Natalie. I cannot thank you both enough for everything. Well, I have to tell you, every time we come into your classroom, the progress that's being made is truly incredible. And it's amazing the supports that your district has put in place for you to have those opportunities to go to conferences and training as well as on-site consultation. But we know that there are challenges that come along with um, the role of being a special education teacher. Can you share what motivates you to overcome challenging situations that you face daily in the field? Yes, so in our classroom, we are dealing with constant behaviors, we're dealing with staff shortages, we're dealing with not having enough materials to do the things that we wanna do inside the classroom. And that has been a struggle for me because whenever you don't have, the, those are things that you can't control. And I like to be able to control those types of things. Um, but the, what motivates me is seeing my students' success, successes. So for example, um, I have one little boy who came in with no communication skills, and now he's able to do 25 different signs to communicate what he wants and what he needs, and it's so rewarding seeing the successes and seeing everybody make progress that all of those challenging things get pushed to the side because I see how much positivity and how much growth is happening inside the classroom. Well, I can agree with you that definitely the motivation of your students is what makes the biggest difference in your role as an educator in this classroom. There isn't a day that I've been in your classroom that the energy is not contagious for learning. We have been working together this school year only for a short period of time, and I'm thrilled that I started working with you early on at the National Autism Conference, being able to help you select sessions to better prepare you for your first day in the classroom and for this school year. Can you share a little bit more of how the Autism Initiative has helped support you in your classroom throughout this school year? Yeah, so I really wanna focus in on you and Natalie coming into the classroom and helping me inside the classroom. So whenever you guys came in for the first time, I remember you helped me set up my classroom, deal with some of the behaviors that were happening in the room, and set up my program books. And after that, you came back and you added one new thing for me to do. So you added in manding with my kids and having them request things that they wanna do and things that they wanna eat and different things that they are using their words to tell me what they want. And then after that, you came in and you imp implemented another strategy for me to use. So it was a smooth, slow transition because if I was bombarded by all of these things that I'm supposed to be doing and you were coming in and saying, do this and this and this, I would have been lost because it is a lot of information. It's all brand new. I'm learning, the kids are learning. It's just, with being a new teacher, if I would have had all that information at once, I don't think I would have been as successful as I am now getting little bits and pieces at a time. So I, I like I said, I cannot thank you and Natalie enough for everything you have done. Well, I'm so glad to hear the consultation is going so smoothly and that each and every time we come out for a visit, you have implemented the recommendations, you're ready for the next steps. You guys are all open on your team for feedback. It's not one person running the classroom. It's great to see the teamwork that's happening in, in this classroom and that you guys are willing to make changes based off what's most effective for evidence-based practices. Do you have any final thoughts that you can share with others that are in the field or considering the field to better prepare them to not only begin in special education, but rather stay all in? Yes, I would say accept help. Sometimes, sometimes as an educator, it's a little bit tough to accept help from other people because you think that you're able to do it all on your own. And I think that's just the nature of an educator. You think that you can tackle all the challenges, but it's okay to reach out to somebody and say, hey, 
I need some help with this. Can we bounce ideas off of each other for me to move forward and do something new in my room? So accepting help because it doesn't mean that you're not a great educator. It just, it, it's a great thing to collaborate with other people that are in the same field as you to bounce ideas off of one another. I think that's great advice because we know that different strategies are always changing and being effective means that we're open to help and open to feedback and that's the best way that we can serve our learners. So Monica, I just wanna thank you for today, for sharing your story. We are excited that you found your passion in this role and that you are all in. Yes, Thanks. thank you. <laughs> thank you again to Monica Walters at Buffalo Elementary School for sharing how an unexpected reassignment can not only turn into a dream opportunity to change students' lives, but also to discover her newfound passion for teaching students with complex needs. We are now joined virtually by Kirsty Stitch at Hillview Elementary School and Jolyn Jackson with the Pennsylvania Training and Technical Assistance Network. Let's turn this over to Jolyn. As I understand, she's been working with Kirsty in her classroom as an autism support teacher for a few years now. Jolyn. Thank you, Ashley. Hi, Kirsty. I'm so excited to be here with you today and for you to have the opportunity to share your story with current and future special educators. Let's first start with what inspired you, Kirsty? What attracted you to work with students with disabilities? Can you tell us your story on how you arrived here at Grove City Area School District? I have wanted to be a teacher for as long as I can remember, um, but I specifically have been working with individuals with disabilities for my entire life. My great aunt had Down syndrome, so as at a young age, I was learning to accept people where they're at for who they are um, and working pe with people with different needs. I've always wanted to help. Uh, my first teaching job was in Ohio as a fifth grade intervention specialist. Uh, my goal was to move to Pennsylvania because that's where I'm from. So I was able to get a position in Grove City Area School District as the second grade learning support teacher. So I did that for two years working with pull-out and push-in services. Um, and then my principal actually brought me at the end of the school year into her uh, office and told me, guess what, Stitch? You're going to be an autistic support. And I can't lie to you. I cried. I freaked out. I had no experience teaching students with autism. So I was very intimidated by, you know, managing behaviors, not knowing how to teach them how to talk. If they didn't know how to talk, I was just very overwhelmed and scared. So um, <laughs> I have been doing that for five years now, but it was definitely a wild um, way of, of getting into the field, but after my fifth, this is my fifth year teaching autistic support, and I have grown to call it my home, and it is definitely where I'm meant to be. Thank you, Kirsty, for sharing that journey and that wild ride. I think we all can agree that, you know, your passion, even when you're sharing your story, is evident because you want to be in the classroom and helping these learners to have the best opportunities at school and in their community. Can you share what supports and trainings have better prepared you to provide evidence-based practices to serve your students? Can you share how the role of the Autism Initiative has also supported you through this journey? Absolutely. So after I freaked out and cried, I also, in the midst of my crying, said, 
okay, we have to find some trainings. So I immediately found some of the patent trainings as well as some other trainings that were not patent related. Um, and I went to all those trainings that summer before I started my first year in autistic support. I was spending my whole summer learning very different um, approaches and procedures. So I quickly became very overwhelmed because I didn't know where to start. There were so many ideas, so many interventions, uh, but just not knowing how to put it all together, it was very overwhelming. So I spent those first three years working with a variety of students, trying to use all the training I had learned, but I became very burnt out because I didn't feel like there was a clear path. I was very um, overwhelmed with planning lessons, trying to find things online, um, and trying to manage behaviors that I had never had prior experience with. So it was very overwhelming uh, to find that system that worked. I actually, when you came in for consultation, which was last school year, so my fourth year teaching, I had told both consultants that I was ready to be done. I said this was going to be my last year in education completely. I was ready to find a, a desk job, something that wasn't as overwhelming and stressful. My love for teaching had really diminished. Um, so, But I did say I would try and go all in and really give it one last chance to see if I could do it. So after that, I had seen a huge change in my ability to teach. I found systems that worked and it was really empowering to see the students grow. Having that support from the consultants, there wasn't a time when there wasn't a behavior that I could say, oh, this is happening. What do I do? They always had a plan A, a plan B, a plan C. So that was really um, helpful and made me feel safe and being able to ask for help when I needed it. Along with getting that consultation, I attended more patent trainings in Pittsburgh. And I also have attended the National Autism Conference that is hosted by Patent that has so much information. It, it was an amazing experience as well. So as doing all of this has helped my kids, it's also helped me fall in love with teaching again. So I have fallen in love with the procedures, the data collection, seeing the student growth. So with that, I actually have started this past semester um, starting to become a board certified behavior analyst through Florida Institute of Technologies program. So it is just something that I'm going to continue on this journey because I love it so much. Well, I have to say, as consultants in your classroom, we are thrilled that you um, ended up sticking with it. And we saw the passion from the moment we started consultation in your classroom. And so I knew that I was going to take on this challenge as a way to make sure we can help you streamline all the content that you had already gathered to make sure that you were able to use those training opportunities as a way to provide um, services to the learners in your classroom. So I appreciate you so much for hanging in there with us, but I know it hasn't always been easy. Um, the day-to-day -day challenges that special educators face um, can come with problem behavior, staffing difficulties, resources needed for the classroom. Can you share how you've continued to overcome these challenges and commit to being all in? What skills do you need to sustain in these challenging times? Lean on your community, whether that means your classroom aides, 
um, your supportive administration. Um, when a teacher feels like it's all on their shoulders, I think that's when they tend to get really burnt out very quickly. I had trouble accepting help in the beginning. I felt like it was my job as the classroom teacher to figure it out on my own. But the more that you can accept help and share those responsibilities with your staff, um, with your administration, the more that you can accomplish as a team. Uh, my classroom would not run as effectively and smoothly as it does without my amazing classroom aides. They have taken the time to learn the procedures and see the student growth, so they are all in as well, and that's what makes the difference. And having um, my supportive administration, being able, if I say, hey, I need another set of you know, flashcards or another sensory tool or whatever it may be, um, they are willing to give that because they see the student growth and they see the progress that was made. Kirsty, I can definitely tell you from my experiences in your classroom that you truly are like the hallmark for making sure that there's team training, team collaboration, team communication. You have spent so much time providing the training that the staff in your classroom need in order to make sure that they're able to serve the students in your classroom as well. You've been an advocate for your families, your students, your classroom team, as well as your district. So thank you for sharing your story. You are truly an inspiration to the field of special education. Do you have any final thoughts that you can share with others that are in the field or considering the field to help better prepare them to not only begin in special education, but rather stay all in? Don't be afraid to make mistakes. I feel like all new teachers, it is very difficult for them to accept feedback and understand that it's not going to be perfect. I found myself taking it very personally when I got any sort of criticism or feedback, um, but being put in that position has helped me ask for help. It's, it's, it's made me learn how to ask for help in a way that it's made me grow as an educator. Uh, my principal took me completely out of my comfort zone. And while in the beginning it was scary and uncomfortable, it made me become the best educator that I can be and has made me fall in love with what I'm doing. Well, I can't thank you enough for your passion, your motivation, your willingness to try new things. Thank you again for your time today and sharing your story. Your team and your students are lucky to have you all in. Jolynn, as all three teachers shared their stories to staying all in, one of the common themes shared was the impact patent consultation has had on their daily instructional classroom practices. Can you tell me more about the unique role of patent? What does consultation in the classroom entail? Ashley, I think you bring up an excellent detail that our consultation style is very unique. We're providing on-site training that involves the use of behavior skills training, which we're focusing on introducing a skill to a classroom team, modeling it, role-playing it, and providing feedback to all the staff in the classroom. We often start with the teacher, but then quickly move to training all staff in the classroom to be indistinguishable of one another. We always make sure that anything we ask of a teacher in the classroom is something that we would feel confident running in the chair as, as well. We would never ask a teacher to do anything that we wouldn't do ourselves. So showing teachers what to do and teaching them the why can make such a difference in whether or not teachers love their jobs or they want to explore other options. I understand that patent consultation is covered you know, in classrooms all over the state of Pennsylvania. Can you tell me more about those skills that educators need to sustain in these challenging times? Yeah, I think many of the teachers that I spoke to throughout this episode 
pointed out a few points that I truly believe make the difference in these challenging times. They talked about being open to feedback, asking for and accepting help, willingness to try new things, and a focus on evidence-based practices and the use of effective teaching strategies. I am thrilled to have had the opportunity to interview all three teachers. And to be honest, I wish I could have interviewed 50 more. Supporting classrooms for consultation is the most rewarding job in the world. I have the opportunity to train, model, and coach on evidence-based practices each day. I also have the opportunity to learn from so many special educators in the field. Often when I bring a new idea to a classroom, a teacher will comment, how did you think of that? And most of the time my response truly is, I didn't. Another amazing teacher shared it with me and I'm just here to pass it along with data systems, procedures, and analysis. Each district that we discuss throughout this episode brings something different to the table and hopefully helps our viewers see the various paths that led the educators to becoming all in. Whether it was Pittsburgh Public, Freeport, or Grove City, and really any of the classrooms that we support, they followed the use of evidence-based practices and database decisions from assessment to instruction for all types of learners. These special education teachers shared how they overcome the challenges that these current times present, but the biggest takeaway is the success of our learners, and that is how we all stay all in. I hope you enjoyed listening to these stories. For more information about special education and evidence-based practices for autism, check out the Patton website and the National Autism Conference archives. I want to thank our guests, Melissa, Monica, Kirstie, and my co-host, Lynn, for sharing their passion for teaching with us. Also, a very special thank you to John Ragsdale for producing this episode. Viewers and listeners, I hope you'll join me next time on Patent Pod.